Welcome to this week's YouTube Plus Quora, where I get a chance to answer questions that entrepreneurs ask either directly to me through Quora, <coughs> excuse me, or uh, other questions I see in my Quora feed having to do with business or entrepreneurship. And my hope is that someone running a business would find this interesting, would find this helpful, would find this useful, and who knows, maybe I'd get a chance to help them with their business. But uh, I spent a few minutes answering a few questions and I really appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up? If you're listening on the podcast after this uh, has gone live, then thanks for listening and let's get into it. So the first question I'm answering this morning is, what are the biggest financial decisions you have or will have to make for your business? So there's, there's a handful of big decisions that you've got to make with your business. And those decisions, as you know, if you're running a business, vary every single day from the really, really small stuff to the really, really important things. And um, arguably every decision you make uh, has a financial impact to it. So every decision could potentially be the biggest financial decision you have to make. But some of the big ones, I'll start with the most obvious one, is when your business is going to borrow money for the first time. Let's say that business is going really, really well for you and you're, you're servicing lots of customers, your product is in demand, everybody wants it, and you now either have to stock inventory, hire more people, or figure out how to float your business while you wait for customers to pay you. So borrowing money is probably one of the biggest financial decisions that you're gonna have to make for your business. And it's a big decision, not only because of the impact that it's gonna have on your business, but it's a big decision because of the downside that could come from not managing this decision properly. I've spent 20 years working in a finance capacity for lots of different entrepreneurs, including my own, my own businesses, and borrowing money without thinking it through usually doesn't lead to some very good things. And so you've got to, you've got to stop for a minute. You've got to say, okay, I'm going to borrow this money. How are we going to be able to do more with it inside of our business? And I talk about this quite a bit, this whole idea that borrowing money is really taking the future into today. So the idea is that if you just let today play out, your business is gonna produce a result. But if you're gonna borrow that result from the future and bring it into today, then you really need to understand how you're going to leverage what would, uh, how you would leverage your business so that it doesn't just produce the same result that you could have gotten otherwise uh, had you not borrowed money. So borrowing money is a huge financial decision and you really want to make sure that you that you make a smart decision. The other thing to consider as an entrepreneur uh, with borrowing money for your business is the personal implication that it's going to have. You most likely are going to have to sign personal guarantees or corporate guarantees or general security agreements or whatever whatever security a lawyer representing the lender is going to want you to sign. And so, you know, there's a, what did Mark Cuban say once? I think I heard Mark Cuban say, don't let, don't let other people who don't have to live with the consequences make decisions for you. And what, what's key about that when you're borrowing money for your business is if you have partners or there are um, other individuals involved with your business that could influence its outcome, but they are not personally liable for the downside, then you have to get a deal that's going to work for you and you need to make that big 
decision, that financial decision to borrow money based on your understanding of how you're going to be able to live with the consequences and not have someone else dictate those consequences for you. And that's certainly one of the biggest problems that I've experienced and that I've seen working with entrepreneurs and businesses is that when they do borrow money, they often don't think about what happens when it doesn't work out. And um, someone else uh, produced a result that didn't have to share in their downside. And so uh, they, you know, they really, they, they genuinely have a problem in that now they're stuck holding the bag uh, for a financial decision that they really couldn't control all the way through. Or if they could control it, they chose not to and got someone else involved. Now that person's nowhere to be found. And these are, these are pretty significant because if you misstep when you borrow money for your business, that could be the end of your business, period. Um, if you've listened to my podcast and some of uh, my other content, you know that I'm a big believer in entrepreneurs knowing their numbers. And that's not something unique to me. I think that you'd find lots of, lots of business advisors and consultants and even the celebrity investors on Shark Tank will tell you the same thing, that you need to know your numbers. But if you borrow money incorrectly, if you borrow more than you need, if you don't borrow enough, if you borrow it in a way that, say, the terms and the conditions, like the interest rate and when you have to repay it, uh, they don't functionally work inside of your business, then it could end up being, um, it could end up being like the worst decision that you make. So when you borrow money, I think that's certainly one of the largest financial decisions. And then probably next to that would be taking on a partner or taking on an investor. And, and the same, kind of the same comments apply. If you are um, borrowing money for your business, there's an aspect of due diligence and you have to understand how you're gonna use the money, how you're gonna pay it back, who's responsible for the downside, who's involved in a decision-making position that could influence the outcome. But with an investor, it's kind of the same thinking. If we're going to give up a piece of equity in our business or we're going to give up some profit in our business, then what is the individual bringing to the table that our business... I don't know, um, I don't know that there's any um, hard and fast rules, as it were, but I do think that borrowing money and taking on an investor are some of the largest financial decisions that your business is ever, ever going to make. So, having said that, let's move on to the next question. Um, ba -ba -ba. What do you wish you had more help on when it comes to running your business? This is a great question. I picked this one this morning because I think that and maybe it's maybe it's confirmation bias. I don't know. But certainly the idea of um, uh, I don't know my math. I don't know my numbers. I, I started this business because I knew how to do what it is our business does. I know our product really well or our products really well. I know the service that we deliver really, really well, but I don't really know the math. I don't really understand what a profit model is. I don't understand the difference between gross margin and net margin. And so I think that entrepreneurs wish they had more help in this area. Now here's, here's the challenge, and this is my personal uh, opinion based on experience. Really, really sharp finance people um, are not typically working in a small and medium-sized business. And the simple reason is that they have as much time as you and I have in their day to produce the best result for themselves that they can find. So what they're going to do is they're going to use their expertise and their knowledge and they're going to employ it inside of a company or a business where they stand to benefit the most. So that means that small and medium-sized businesses, while they can I mean, it's not impossible to find really good finance people, but it, it can be difficult. So small and medium-sized businesses are then left with 
bookkeepers, uh, armchair CFOs, part-time controllers, all of these individuals that probably could help them, um, but don't really, don't really lean in very hard to help them. And so small businesses and medium-sized businesses are kind of left to fend for themselves and figure things out as they go um, until that, that unique person comes along or that help comes along um, that really can help a business or help an entrepreneur understand its math and its numbers. So I've seen uh, entrepreneurs tell me all the time, hey Dylan, I mean, I, I think we make money. I think, you know, yeah, this is kind of what our gross profit margin is. This is, but at the end of the day, they don't really understand the implications of things like, does our business have enough money? Are we set up for the future? How much money should we have? How much money should we be making? Are we making the right investments uh, into the existing resources that we have? Are we leveraging our equity properly? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that financially speaking, that goes along with running a business. Now, um, I can't speak to the product and the service side. I'm sure that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that wish they had more help on sales or marketing or maybe social media or something like that. But I believe, based on my experience, that the largest thing that entrepreneurs need help with is understanding their math and understanding the numbers and understanding their business at a financial level. Because if they did, yeah, I don't believe we'd see as many businesses fail. I think that the stats are high, you know, five out of 10, eight out of 10 businesses don't survive or they don't make it or they don't make it five years or something like that. The failure rate is really, really high. But I don't think the failure rate is high because entrepreneurs suck. I think the, the failure rate is high because entrepreneurs are not able to get the help that they need to be successful. And worse than that, they don't even know the help that they need to be successful. So if there was a way to magically have a business uh, dem or have an entrepreneur rather say look this is our product this is our service and then have a marketplace come around them of experts sales marketing social media finance etc human resource that could come around them and support them then I think we would see less businesses fail but that's part of the game that's part of why uh, individuals get up and choose to operate their business every day against all odds because they think they can make it but certainly I think that financial acumen is help that many business owners and entrepreneurs could need in order to understand where they are, where they're getting to, and whether or not it all makes any sense. All right, moving on. My last question I'm gonna to answer today is one that I love talking about because I really think it's relevant um, to every single business today. Whether you're a large publicly traded entity or you are a one-person uh, one business uh, working out of your home, uh, here's the question. And, and, and here, then the answer is relevant for everybody. What are the best and most suitable business models for the present time? What are the best and most suitable business models for the present time? See, the reason I picked this question is because I think every business model is a good business model for the present time. When we talk about business models, what we're talking about is how does a business deliver its product or service to the marketplace? And I think that Every business model is relevant uh, today, and, and I think that because they're doing it. Businesses are they get up every day, they serve customers, or they serve clients, and, and they make a profit. But I pick this question because I think what makes a business model best, if you will, or suitable, or where the opportunity is in the present time, is actually on the experience side. Because it feels to me, from the customer experience side, that is, you know, how does a customer feel when they interact with your business and if they're prepared to if you're prepared to invest in that experience then your business is going to be more profitable 
If you choose not to invest in that experience, then I think you're going to struggle to stay um, stay uh, stay afloat, firstly, and much less stay ahead in terms of the market. So, let me give you an example. Yesterday, I went to the bank to two banks, and I had to certify two checks. And the first bank I went to uh, went up to the 17th floor, private client banking. The lady greeted me at the counter, asked me if I wanted a coffee was really polite, directed me over to a comfortable seating area where there were chairs and TVs and, and it was just a really great environment. It was a fantastic environment. In fact, I probably wouldn't have left there if I, <laughs> if I didn't have to because it was so comfortable. It was wonderful. And I had to pay $25 to get this check certified. And so normally that kind of stuff really kind of annoys me because I, I understand that's how banks make money, yada, yada, yada. But just seems like a nickel and dime cost and so so silly but because the experience and how I was treated was so amazing I didn't even think twice about paying the fee for the, the certification C contrast that against the very next bank I went to and I'll keep the names anonymous at this point went to the counter the person at the counter. so forget the whole private client it was a big check private client services doesn't even exist at this bank so I go to the counter and the individual at the counter was not busy, but I mean, there's no, there's nobody in the branch, but really didn't have time for me. I mean, I was very much a disruption to whatever they had going on. And so they then told me, you know, sorry, I'm gonna need to see a couple pieces of ID, which I didn't have to do with the previous bank. In fact, I've never had to do that when I certify a check. And the manner in which he said it was kind of, you know, obviously it was a big inconvenience to him. So I said, I'm not giving you my ID. Well, then that exploded. And next thing you know, there's four people involved and the whole thing becomes a nightmare. I go to sit in their waiting area. TVs aren't even on, they don't even work. There's like a, like a please wait uh, message showing up on the screen. No coffee available anywhere. Uh, the people walking past me didn't even acknowledge my presence. And so all of a sudden, what was a $15 service charge really was kind of like, it's kind of bothering me. And because the experience was so terrible, I decided, and I probably shouldn't have, but I was probably more difficult than I had to be. And what resulted was they ended up waiving the service charge. And that's partly why I was difficult because I knew that, that, that they could do that, but they were choosing not to. So they waived the service fee, but the experience was so terrible that it just goes to show you that the first bank, great experience, $25 service charge, didn't even think about it because of the way they treated me as a, as a customer. Go to the second bank, and I did everything I could to not pay a $15 service charge, $10 less than the previous bank because the experience was so terrible. And I think that that highlights where I believe the best business models are today. The best business models are business models where the customer experience is amazing and the customer doesn't even pay attention to the increased costs that they're paying to use the services or the products of your business. And the reason they don't pay attention is because they don't care. They're more willing to pay for being treated like a human being and enjoying their experience than they are to nickel and dime and to try and get the best deal possible. Now, I recognize this is a generalization and a broad statement, but every day I keep finding it to be more and more true and more accurate. I mean, why do we pay so much for an iPhone, for an iPhone versus a Galaxy. Why do we? Why do individuals pay so much 
for a Ferrari instead of a Toyota Corolla. I mean, you'll get the example, but if you start watching for it, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner, just start looking at the news articles, start looking at the ads showing up in your feed, start looking at the businesses that are really doing well. And I think what you, the connection that you're gonna make is that they all provide an amazing customer experience. And so even retail, I mean, retail, everyone's talking about retail's dead and, and all of these um, retail shops are going out of business and yada yada. I think retail has just simply lost its way in terms of understanding how to treat customers. And so I'm not gonna blow open my theology on retail right now. But suffice to say, I think there are examples in retail where retail is working and it's working really well. And if you look at the Apple store, I think that provides you with a really great example. If you look at some of the big, huge outdoor, um, outdoor activity stores like hunting stores and fishing shops with the experience that you get going into their retail locations, I think it kind of, again, uh, solidifies the position that the best and most suitable business models for the present time are business models where customers are treated um, higher than anything, that those businesses are able to fetch a better price because they invest in the experience. And um, that's, that's kind of where entrepreneurs and business owners should be focused today. So that's it, that's all I've got. I appreciate you joining me on this Quora or this YouTube plus Quora Live. Please make sure to subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube because that puts this content potentially in front of other entrepreneurs. And the same thing with the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, please rate it, please share it, please like it, please circulate it. Um, that's my ask because I'd love to be able to get in front of other entrepreneurs and help them with their businesses. And maybe I get the opportunity to help you as well. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.